everyone, and welcome to The Point. This is episode 27. And when I crossed 25, I crossed the threshold of 25 episodes, I found myself traveling and recording and not, and, and I'd got feedback from the studio saying, man, we don't have audio or there's a problem with the audio. And so I started having some technical difficulties, which was really I looked at it as a benchmark that I was pretty excited about because a lot of professional people I know that I, um, that do podcasts that I, I enjoy, uh, listening to and paying attention to, uh, have said, man, I, I, I didn't get this out in time or in the, in the framework that I wanted to, because I had an issue with the recording. So when I started this 27 episodes ago, I started it imperfectly. It's still imperfect, but I started it to prove a point to myself and to others and really to, to practice what I help others practice, which is sometimes we just have to go. We just have to hit the go button and get started on something. We just have to do whatever it is that we haven't been doing. And that's what I did. I got started. I didn't have the best equipment. I made a go of it. I had plenty of people telling me how much better they could make it. I listened, I learned, and I'm working at it. So this is a work in progress that I'm extremely appreciative to be here being a part of. But one thing for sure, or and one thing for certain, it was valuable for me to go ahead and get started because moving forward was more important than looking perfect or attempting to be perfect. I don't think either are possible unless you're considering the perfectly imperfect version of ourselves that we put out there. So anyway, that is the crux of me getting started and how that relates to today. I'm going to talk a little bit about ownership and I'm going to talk about listening. And in one of the, one of the podcasts that didn't work out was one where I talked about this idea of listening to our still small voice. Listening for, to the intuitive notion of, of answers that exist in the universe specific to us. So here's what happens. I, and I, the, listening to my still small voice comes with its set of potential um, baggage for me because it was a, a, a childhood statement I used to hear my father say all the time. You got a loud voice. You can always hear your, you, what, the difference between right and wrong and I know what the best decisions are to make in your gut. And he would tell me that and that I knew that. And so, and he would just tell me, you just have to tune in and tap in and listen to your still small voice. And I don't know about anybody else listening to this, wherever you're sitting, whatever you're doing. If you're in the middle of reorganizing a company and turning it around and looking for investors and on some high, high pitch, high scale, um, climb, um, from, you know, a $200 million company to a, billion dollar company, it really, or if you're just trying to start something fresh or you're just trying to figure out how to change your routine to be healthier and better, whatever your position is that you're in today, man, I'm telling you, sometimes we just don't want to listen. We don't even want to, some days we don't even necessarily want to be tuned in to that still small voice because something in our heads tells us that we already know what to do and we know how to move forward and we hear something contrary because sometimes what I hear when I wake up early in the morning 
with an idea or a concept or a thought that, oh, I know that this is my intuition talking and telling me that this is the right answer to something, I really don't want to do it. So, and sometimes it's the simplest of things, but I have some other reason that I don't want to follow that instruction, whatever it is. So there's times where we just don't want to listen. We're headstrong, full of ideas and knowing what we do. Sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't, but either way, we, we all have the ability to tap into this, you know, collective consciousness that we can call intuition. Um, and that still small voice. And one of the challenging things is trust or faith or however we want to frame this in that, can we trust that listening to our intuition really does align with the universe better? Or should we listen to the fears and concerns and all the language going on in our minds saying, oh no, what if, and what, if I do that, oh, doing that, I'd lose all these things, right? So there's a concept that I want to talk about when we talk about ownership, there's this concept around maintaining a position in the driver's seat of our life and really sitting in that ownership seat and having resources and using resources that are available to us. So when we are, when we have people in our lives or things in our lives, tools and resources in our lives that help us, just because we are deferring maybe a decision, we're deferring to wait to meditate, to calm, and listen. Maybe we're deferring to wait to hear someone else's opinion. Maybe we are delaying ourselves for some other reason. That doesn't mean that we are not in command. And on, on all ends of the spectrum that I've experienced working with people and helping people, whether it's working with groups or with individuals, there's something that's really clear. Where we want to go, if it's somewhere we haven't been, if we want to achieve, move towards, or accomplish something that we haven't accomplished before, then we don't know what it takes to get there. So we don't necessarily have the, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to do what we've done to get to where we are now to get to where we want to go. Doesn't mean we're not aware of ways to get to where we want to go, but if we move forward the way we've been moving forward to get to where we are, we won't. And that's one of the reasons why we hit plateaus and get stuck. So to break a plateau, we can do, there's a lot of techniques and skills. There's, there's entire podcasts that are all about plateaus and helping people think through what's happening when we reach these plateaus and things level off. And that comes from, in my opinion, this desire or search for the feeling okay and everything being okay. That, that which feigns on the, on the side of mediocre and accepting what is rather than really continuing to strive for what we want. And I used to fight myself around the difference between acceptance of what is and living and breathing in this level of acceptance and also being an acceptance of what I want and that Day, there's daily behaviors and things that I can continue working on and doing through my life that will help me gain and be somewhere different a year from now. Whether that's a financial goal, a business goal, a geographical, a geographic goal, a relationship goal, whatever the goals are. And I, I start thinking about 
I, at one point in my life, I started thinking about is the framework of reaching a place where I'm okay and being and staying there, is that, is, is that a good framework, mental framework that I want to live in? And I'd hear people talk about fall in love with the journey, learn to fall in love with the journey, do what you love. And you'll never have to work another day in your life. Right. So then I got to thinking about needing breaks and taking time away, which we all need. We all benefit from giving ourselves things that we want in the way of nurturing self-care breaks. There's always rest, right? So rest is just a concept that works. So when I'm thinking about forward movement and when I'm thinking about listening to my intuition and that still small voice, and I'm thinking about wanting something different than what I have today or being something different than I'm being today, that I might need to give up some of the authority and the decision-making that I'm making. And in, in giving up the authority to do that, I'm utilizing the, the mixes is that by giving up that authority, I might begin to think, and I've been help, I've been coaching a lot of people at all levels of organizations and in life through this idea that they don't want to lose their internal power, their self power. And they, they don't want it. Then it's almost teenager like of wanting to break out on our own and find independence. We want independence. We want to be a person of our own making. We want to have, make our own decisions. So there's that energy of, can I do that and still have resources helping me? So at one hand, we, there's all kinds of things that can happen. And I don't want to cover and go into all of the things that can happen that are struggles that get in the way, because this is, and I, I, one, I want to get to the point because this is the point with Jeff Spikes, not the meandering, although I meander sometimes, this is really about getting to the root cause and, you know, tip of the sword is about where our projection meets someone else's perception and really working on that energy, that energetic exchange so that what we're wanting to be perceived is what's being perceived. When I'm working on relational goals, one of the things I finally learned was to just drop my arms, rest my shoulders, take a deep breath. And when someone's displeased, and I'm like, what is their problem? <laughs> Rather than argue and get into a discussion over what I did wrong or didn't do wrong or what they thought I did wrong or didn't do wrong and say, well, that's not what happened or get into any of those conversations. <sighs> taking a minute, taking a breath, putting my arms down, my shoulders down and saying, wow, I really am sorry that we are having this experience and that I'm, that I am influencing you in a way that, that you're having this experience. Like, I don't want to be that person in your life. Now, sometimes it's because I've behaved in a way that's creating an experience, but other times it's because someone else has the energy and they're looking for, they're energetically repeating problems they need to solve. And the only way to show up for them is to be on the opposite side of that problem and become it. And that can be difficult to do in some situations. Now, and that, that happens in the boardroom as much as it does anywhere else. So how do we move past this and 
learn to be what we intend to be on the receiving side. Now, we cannot take ownership over how things are received, but we can take ownership over how we behave when something is received in whatever way it's perceived. So if it's if we get an unfavorable result or response from somebody, we are still in command of our actions, our words, and our thoughts, and our behavior as individuals. And if we're feeling stuck, sometimes, and this is an example of what I'm talking about, about giving up our agency for a minute under the form of accepting someone else's assistance or advice and saying, I'm going to try something that someone else has tried that worked for them and see what I can learn by trying a new behavior. Because there's a couple of ways of going about change. All change is going to happen within our thinking and our thoughts and our mind and our framework and all these things. Everything's going to happen centered around the energy of our conscious and unconscious selves. But sometimes we go at it by changing our thinking first, and sometimes we go at it in changing our behavior, and then we see how we feel. And sometimes when we're in the environment of being of service or doing things for others, which we often are if, we're, if we own companies and we're, we're moving forward diligently in business, we are consistently being of service to others. Well, when we're in these situations of doing this, we have these opportunities where how we are projecting ourselves is being perceived in a way that's unfavorable to us. So we're also, and, and, and we're given the opportunity to maybe try on things that other people are, are, other people are giving us. This is why coaches exist. This is why business consultants come in. And sometimes best practices come in and are made because they work so well at affecting the bottom line, but then does a terrible job of affecting the culture. So there's one part of this that I want to make sure that we think about and talk about because there is a consistent need in the world in, today, and it, you can deploy this immediately for yourself, is always have two forms of measurement. You can have the measurement that's numbers-oriented, that's really crystal clear, key performance indicator style. I weigh this much. I have this much muscle mass. I have this many macros. There's that. I've made this much revenue. I've had this much in my, is where, where my cost is. Boom, boom, boom. Sales are here. Projected sales are there. All these numbers, right? We can have those. And then we can measure ourselves and we can look at the results. And when we're looking at the results, it's important to have two measurements. One is that crystal clear metric. The other, which is something that I, I love working in, is that less tangible side of, are the values being met that I intend to meet? Am I showing up within the set of values and parameters that I want to with my ethics, my values, and um, my desires of how I want to affect the world? <clears throat> because those two, if we use both of those measurements, and it, 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 it helps balance and level us out so that one doesn't, so that nothing has to get out of hand and our values are the best thing. Now, what that sets us up for is also being able to make rapid, fast paced change because the number one key to making change and have change feel easy and be in flow 
is to have our values concrete based on what we want in life on the biggest picture possible. We get the, we, we get the largest scale, the furthest time frame possible, really well focused in our, in our, all of our senses and anchored into our emotions of what it's going to feel like in that state and beyond that goal. We, and we can then work towards really having a crystal clear picture of what decisions we need to make today to help us get to there because our values become clear because those larger picture goals adjust our values. And then when we are able to, or, or they don't adjust our values, those larger goals help define and root and anchor our values. And our values become less malleable, right? And it becomes clear that we can be one person and have one way of being that, that we choose that is our personality, our persona, our character. And all of a sudden, decisions that might have used to baffle you become really simple. So... There are a bajillion reasons in our minds to come up with reasons not to go places and not to do things and not to venture into new territory or not to try different strategies or tech or technologies. But there's more reasons to utilize and step into what's needed to help us get to where we want to go when we have it anchored in something more solid and a very large well thought out and felt and with a real felt sense of where we want to go helps anchor that. So, okay, back to this idea of listening to our still small voice and giving, not giving up our agency when we ask for help and start working with others. So <clears throat> working with somebody that has a $75 million a year enterprise that wants to scale it to a billion dollar enterprise. It's going to take a different set of mental abilities to even think through what that means in all kinds of things about the organization. And that individual that's leading that has multiple resources and people that they manage and, and has different departments and, um, divisions that they're working with to stay where they are with a decent growth curve. And if they slow down for a second, right, the bigger they get, the tighter the margins are, which I question if that has to be, but that is a reality in that world right now. And we were just sitting down talking. This was, I'm not, I'm not in the heat of the battle with this, with this leader in the, with this company. We're just, so I'm just sitting and talking about possibilities and ideologies and opening our minds to what hadn't been considered yet or what had been considered that we want to do differently. And we there was a fear or a concern. I, I could say it was a fear, but 
I don't know what they'd say. I, I, they might say more of just a concern is that they don't want to give up their authority. They, they need to stay in command, in charge of all the decisions being made. So they need to be the ones making the decisions, but that was stopping them from moving forward and taking the advice of others and trying on new things because they couldn't wrap their head around making sense of what people were telling them. And one of the people that was giving them advice had run large enough organizations to know what they were talking about. But what, he, what was being asked was a very uncomfortable. We didn't do any work on business. We ended up unwinding and working on what's happening in our minds that has us sitting in a spot. And by us, I mean any of us. I mean you in the grocery store right now with one ear pot in, walking around, looking for the healthiest food you can find to keep your protein up. Because darn it, the restaurants today, 90% of them are still feeding us more carbs and more fats than proteins. And that's killing our, that's killing our ability to make our goals, making it difficult, right? But we, you so you're walking around the grocery store with one ear pot in listening halfway, and maybe this got your attention. Maybe it didn't, but, or you're driving down a road and you're sitting in traffic and this is helping you avoid the thought of traffic, whatever it is that you're doing. Maybe you're at the gym working out. Maybe you're at the gym on the treadmill. Maybe you're at the gym under a bunch of weight, pushing the most weight you ever have. I don't know. So those. <laughs> Let's just say, if you're listening to this, I mean us, all of us, you don't have to be running a $75 million company in order to be sitting with us. I felt this way in high school. I wanted my independence and I didn't want to do what other people were telling me to do. I wanted to do, right? So, and that doesn't mean it's a juvenile thought either. That just means it's an example that we can connect to of how that might feel to us. So think about this. Just because we give up our, just because we make the, just because we say, okay, I will do what you say for 30 days, or I will do what you say for X amount of decisions in this arena. I'll make these decisions that are the decisions you're telling me to make. And here's the support I need to make those because it's not working in my mind. So I need, I need to increase the level of the amount of reports I'm getting from this place. I need to increase my visibility into these things. I need to, I need to increase the touch points I have with some people. Maybe I need to talk to someone more often. Maybe I'm uncomfortable emotionally. And it is that I'm afraid of losing control. Maybe we are feeling that way. This is something we can all corporately look at and feel and, and, and address because we all can stay in the ownership seat of our lives and direct ourselves even when we are giving up a decision and, and letting someone else make that decision for us. If we use those words, we often think, oh, well, then I haven't made the decision wrong. We've just made the decision to take someone else's advice. Now, some people will say, whoa, 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 I don't want you to take my advice and then have something not go right and have you upset with me. No, that is the wrong energy. That is the energy that says that you are making the decision for me. That doesn't respect each other. If I am asking you to help me with a decision and you come back and say, whoa, whoa, whoa I, I don't, I don't want to tell you what to do and then have you do that and have it 
No. You can tell me what to do till you're blue in the face. I still have the ownership. I still have the ability to sit in the driver's seat of my life. And if you're telling me that, I'm learning that you might be used to having people make decisions and then blame. Blame comes off the table. Blame is off the table if we're sitting in the right spot. I was actually having a conversation with someone today about um, neurology and physiology. And we were talking about this idea of, um, I was, I'm, I'm, was wanting to have some questions about how they felt about metaphysics and how they felt about the unconscious mind. And this is a PhD neurologist. And I'm just wanted to understand where they were coming from. And we started talking about it. And it was a very similar conversation in that nobody gets to make the decisions for us, even though they're there. And that we talked about mind over matter. Well, and the problem with mind over matter is that if you, if, if it's mind over matter and I can't overcome the matter, if I can't heal myself or move a rock, then I fall victim to my circumstances because my ability's not there. One way the world frames it and looks at it. I don't subscribe to that because what I say is that as soon as we start getting into blame and start looking at the brokenness or the inability of something, we're outside of the framework of even believing and knowing and understanding mind over matter because mind over matter knows that that rock's going to move. Mind over matter knows that this part of me is already healed. So it can lean closer and faster onto a role of denial than it can something else. Like we can start being critical and criticizing it there. But there's this idea that if we've broken away from the initial basis of what these things work on, these things work on a basis of love and truth and universal knowledge. So, all right, that's gone into the ethers with bigger, with big thinking, but that's how we know. That's one of the ways that we can tap into our still small voices, allowing ourselves to have these higher level consciousness thoughts and not being so frightened by them or apprehensive. There, if we're feeling like it's too much, we can always pause, delay, back up, sit, you know, settle down and just relax. But we also can say, I'm going to try the behavior that you're recommending that's against the grain of who I am or what I believe in, but doesn't break my values. It's just a new way of approaching something or thinking about it. And I am going to increase my awareness and gain understanding in the methods you're speaking of. And I'm going to take your advice and I'm never going to blame you for me choosing to do what you've said. I can only blame myself if I learn or don't learn or how I learn. I, but that's not blame. That's about accountability and authenticity and personal level of ownership. So we can all sit in the driver's seat of our life while getting advice and having people tell us things that we then follow. and. Learning that is an absolute skill that helps us move forward and quickly begins to align ourselves with some of the greatest minds that exist today and some of the greatest business leaders that exist today. Because the larger we are in business, the larger the family we have, the more people we're influencing, the more diverse and adverse situations that we're dealing with and decisions that we're making. So if we're if we're wanting 
And, and when we're in those large roles, everyone I know that's in those large roles has advisors and they have people to bounce ideas off of and they, ha they have people in their life that help them keep a level playing field in their own mind so that they're not attacking themselves and sabotaging or whatever their downfall is, whatever it is that seems to trip them up, right? Everybody has it. Everybody has something. But the most successful of us that move through these things have the resources, deploy the resources, and don't lose the seat of ownership in our life that comes from that level of accountability of looking in the mirror and knowing who we are and what we're doing. So peace to all. I, um, I jumped right into this thing today. I, I, I got, I was really excited about the topic. I got more coming. Um, keep the comments, keep the feedback coming. I, um, I look forward to more. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me in anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.